So in today's podcast episode, I'm talking to my good friend, Todd Gordon, who used to be our Celebrate Recovery leader, um, but I knew him well before that and all of his own personal work with um, uh, rehab and with uh, substance abuse recovery um, and his heart for that. And then what led him into starting his M2H charity, which I'll let Todd tell you all about, but it was a fantastic conversation. Uh, complete with his story, which um, was God bringing to his mind um, what was going on in his heart, right? Um, And him uh, having the revelation of some stuff that he had not dealt with, even though he had dealt with the alcohol addiction. Um, It was the true pain that he was actually medicating with the alcohol and the aha or the revelation moment he had when God brought that up. But what's even more cool is then hearing about uh, the work that that led him to do with his M2H charity and doing Ironman competitions and riding his bike around the peninsula of Florida and even running into a bear. So you won't want to miss this. I hope you enjoy it. Todd, man, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Brian. Welcome doing to great. the podcast. Thank you, man, and thank you so much for having so, me. So uh, you should have spent the extra nickel and got a green shirt. <laughs> Somebody, I literally wore a bright green shirt V-neck to church yesterday oh, yeah. and got ripped, man. <laughs> Everybody, it looks good. Looks good. Thank you, man. Thank look, you. Looking svelte. <laughs> which, Trying. Which we'll come back to that and all yeah. the training you've been doing. So, yeah. so we were just talking before we before we started, man. Yeah. The last time you and I sat down to record an interview that was taped and filmed and yeah, was like over two years ago. Yes, and it was just the beginnings. You you had had this kind of revelation about a lot of the stuff in your history. Yeah, um, and it was kind of the impetus for or the beginnings of M two H, the charity that you've started that we're we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Before we dive into that. I met you, Todd, how many years ago now? Oh, boy. Like, uh, way I think back. it was somewhere around tw- 2015 or 2016. Yeah. 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 So, and that was around your own, you came in and you're talking about your own personal recovery yeah. from substance abuse, yes. right? And yes. um, and then you became our Celebrate Recovery leader. Yes. yes and I so did. you and I had a, a weekly relationship, man, just yeah. talking about life and Celebrate Recovery and just developed a really cool friendship. Friendship Absolutely, over that time, um, which I cherish still yeah, to this day. Yeah. It's, it's it's been it's been a very bright spot in yeah. in my journey and healing and everything. So let's go back, man. I wanted you to tell everybody about you know a little bit, and again, I know time is going to fly, but right. just for context, your your past and your history and what led you then to having the heart for. Um, what ended up becoming M2H charity? Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So, um, I it was um, April eighteenth of twenty thirteen, um, which was my first full twenty four hour period without putting a drink of liquor uh, or any other mind altering substance in my body, and that that journey in alone. Um, of how I got there mm-hmm. is a, even another, a story for another day. But right. um, and then I, I started a program of recovery um, in uh, that day um, on the 18th, uh, April 18th of 2013. 
And as I went through my program of recovery, you know, things, things got well and things got well good for mm -hmm. about the mm -hmm. first three to four years. Um, and then it was about years five, year six of, of my recovery mm -hmm. um, where I just had a lot of unrest, right? And, and, and really what was happening as I look back now um, was that was God's way of showing me that there was some more work yeah. that needed to be done. Um, I'm a firm believer that God will allow life to create the circumstances and events that allows us to respond to him and what he's trying to do. And, and I believe that that's exactly what, what happened. Um, somewhere going into my sixth year of, of, of recovery. And yeah. uh, that's right around the time when you and I met and man, that was also one of 2018 was, was, was the year of the events yeah. <laughs> of life that created yeah. an extreme emotional low yeah. uh, for me. And it was a spiritual low and it was an emotional and spiritual low, but God was, if you will, you know, we just said this earlier, when the students ready, the teacher appears, yeah. he stopped you in your tracks and, and really made you look at what was bubbling up, what yeah. was there that was now bubbling up. Oh, yeah. And the revelation you got, if you had to sum up, you know, we spent uh, what, an hour talking about it, but right. if you had to sum up what God had showed you, that connection from your past, that orphan spirit yep. uh, that was plaguing you yeah. and then that was playing itself out, you know. So if you had to just sum up that aha with the revelation God gave you, mm -hmm. what was it? It was exactly that. It was an orphan spirit. Um, I, I, I realized that as much as I was grown as an adult and I was functioning as an adult, that deep down inside, I was still a very frightened, lonely, and abandoned kid. And a lot of what, uh, a lot of the, um, uh, of how I was living, that was kind of permeating through, um, how I thought, believed, and in turn behaved. Um, so tell yeah, the was... story of the sophomore, the tenth grade boy oh. who was at school, and, and talk about for context. Talk about where your mom and dad were at yeah. the time. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was. Um, it was probably somewhere around 2019, early 2019. Um, 2018 was an awful year. I had lost um, a business, a house. I lost my dad. I lost my brother as a direct result from alcoholism. Um, and, and it was just a pretty, pretty tough year. Um, right at the end of that year, there was um, someone I was seeing and, and that relationship for whatever reason didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was almost as if God stripped everything. Yeah. But in stripping all of that, he also allowed me to realize how dependent I was on things in the material world, yeah. like relationships and jobs mm -hmm. and titles and mm -hmm. all of that I was so dependent on for my own value of myself. And the other thing he showed me was uh, going back to that orphan spirit yeah. that permeated through all of my, my, my behavior, my thoughts, my beliefs. Um, he showed me that, that, you know, everything that I've ever been doing has always had one motive in mind that I needed to prove myself mm -hmm. to you, mm 
and to everyone around me. And if I could be well at work and make good money, if I could be in a relationship, if I could have good social standing, if I could have people respect me or admire me, then I would be secure. Mm. And what I realized in that is that I was completely, completely insecure. Yeah. Um, and and it was it was in a, one of my recovery meetings um, where. I was just sitting down and, and as I was going through and starting to really, all of this stuff was mm-hmm. bubbling to yeah, the surface. Sure. God was, you know, it was a bunch of loss, you know, um, and then I was starting to have these revelations of starting to see that, hey, you know what? I'm not fulfilled. I'm not whole. Um, I was I was in a recovery meeting and it was in that recovery meeting where I literally sat down and out of the blue, um, it was almost as if God took me back and allowed me, it, it was almost like a scene from the shack where, where it was like what I believe to be the Holy Spirit allowed me to go back in a memory of time and literally see this 15 year old boy that was held after school for a detention. Um, and at that time I was going to school drunk or high almost every day. Um, so there, no question why I was probably in a detention after school. Um, but I had to stay after school and, and I remember in this, in, in, in me allowing me to see myself and this, this memory, um, I, I literally almost saw myself wandering this school because everyone was gone after my detention. My school is three towns over from where I live. And I was literally wandering this school, wondering. How am I going to get home? How am I going to get and, home? And your mom and your dad. Yeah. Well, my, 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 that was, that happened my sophomore year where this memory was. Um, and that was uh, just about a year after my mom had died. So your mom was gone. Yeah. And your father wasn't there to pick you up. Yeah. My, my father has been, he's a, a never, um, been available, if you will, very emotionally distant, um, unavailable, um, never really ever had a conversation of any depth or substance with him. It was always just on a surface level. So you're and literally he pretty much left the me and my brothers and was living in Philly with his mother. And it was me and my my three brothers that were there to kind of fence for ourselves. So I'm on my own. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to get home. I'm mm-hmm. starving. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there was a basketball game. You're wandering the halls. There's a basketball game that night. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I wandered, I wandered around this <clears throat> school. And, and as I was looking back and, and seeing this memory, like all, it was almost like I could see me at 15. And all I saw was just this lonely, frightened kid alone. Nobody cared enough to come and get him. And, 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 and it was like God was showing me the, 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 the core of, uh, of, of the wound. Of, yeah. And um, so basketball, there was a, a women's basketball game that night. So after about four hours of wandering to school, um, I, I found someone from my hometown to give me a ride home. Um, they gave me a ride home and on the way home, the, the basketball team all stopped to, at a pizza place to get pizza and celebrate their win and do all of that. And, 
And uh, it was like I, I, I was literally sitting on the end of the table, extremely hungry because it wasn't unlike me to go to school <laughs> without lunch money or lunch in, in, in that time. Um, and I was really hungry and I just, it was like I was looking down the table and I saw conviviality, families, togetherness, celebration. Belonging. Belonging. And I was on the end of the table and, and I could not bring myself to ask for anything. Like I literally just stayed there at the end of the table mm. um, feeling isolated and abandoned, which was the, the storyline that had started to rule my thinking. Mm. Um, and had you asked, hey, can I have some pizza? Sure. They, yeah. But the totally. way that you projected, I'm isolated, I'm ostracized, yeah. I don't belong, mm -hmm. I'm not part of this family, yeah. I'm an outcast, I'm outsider. Yes. And so you sat there and, and hungry. Yeah. And feeling utterly alone yeah. and abandoned, mm -hmm. orphaned. Yeah. And that's what you projected. That became the core of who you were and oh, what yeah. you projected onto every situation you were in into your adulthood. Right. Which is why also that I felt like I needed to prove my, like I was constantly living to prove my value and myself to, to, to the world around me because that was the core of what I believed being the core of what I believed. It was the core of what the way I thought. It was the core of how I behaved in relationships, work environments, everything. So we always say, you know, alcohol is not a problem. It's a solution to a problem, sure. right? It's like, so what's the problem that you're medicating with alcohol? Yeah. And so what you had done from 2013 to roughly 2018 or 19 is, okay, we're not using the alcohol, but you still had the deep-seated problem that you were medicating in the first place. Sure and so did. God allowed that to bubble up. And so you have this revelation. You said, Dad Gummit, I'm not going to be this orphan anymore. Yeah. I'm going to do this work. And yeah. so through this newfound strength of tackling that demon and getting that persona, that identity yeah. uh, out and getting the true identity in, mm -hmm. you formed a nonprofit uh, ministry, charity, right? I, so I so talk about that and sure. why. And we talked about your, losing your mom yeah. at, at an early age, ninth grade, right? Yeah. A freshman year yeah, in, a in freshman. high school. So. Talk about her and then the the yeah. ministry. So it was, as I was going through this low point spiritually and emotionally, um, I, I I didn't even know I was angry at God because hmm. I would have never, ever <laughs> told anyone, especially in a church environment or anywhere else, because I was still being this Christian guy mm -hmm. that was trying to follow Jesus. Right. And how dare anyone say I'd be angry at God? Sure. I didn't even know it. Hmm. And I had a moment where um, I was, I was dealing, I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. Right. Like I'm feeling all the pain. I'm seeing me being, you know, a 40 some year old man still with this emotional intelligence of a 15 year old. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't know what to do with it. I, I, I saw it, I acknowledged it and I didn't know what to do with it. Um, and it was it, that right around that time, Toby was just going on series after series after series about living a legacy and living with purpose and what are you going to leave behind? And, and, and I, my biggest fear in life is to die alone. 
-hmm. and still is today. Um, so I'm going through all that. I have this moment where I came to church here across Timbers on a, on a Sunday. There was a pastor from Abilene. I, did, I forget his name, but he had a, it was, the timing could not have been anything but divine intervention. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, he was talking about, you know, anger at God. And, and sometimes we have it and we will allow ourselves to admit it and that it's not a bad thing to be ashamed of. Right. And I just couldn't get his words out of my head. And I literally went right home. I live about 15 minutes from the church and I'm sitting at my desk and I got it all of a sudden, it just came out. And I just looked up in tears and just said, blankety blank, God. And I've, it, all this anger just came out. Mm. It's like, how dare you call yourself a God mm. who gives purpose, a God who loves, a God who restores. When I've been sitting in this for 30 years, you took the only thing that ever mattered to me, the only thing that was life breathing, you took her and now you're gonna leave me here for 30 years? Mm. And this was the angry conversation that sure. I was having with God. Yeah. Um, and it was later that afternoon, I went out by the creek uh, to walk my dog. And I had this little place where I would pray, had a stump and I was sitting there and I just started to look up and started to apologize for, for cussing at God. <laughs> and I'm telling you in a moment that I've never experienced with the Holy Spirit before, it was like the Holy Spirit said, don't you dare apologize because I've been waiting for you to get that yeah. out for 30 years. Because yeah, he knows your heart yes. and it's the truth. And it was and like, he, he was just in that moment. Mm -hmm. It was just like, there was an energy that came about me that was just like, it was a healing energy. It was a motivated energy. It was a purposeful energy. Yeah. And um, I literally went home that night and just started to ask God, okay, what do I do with it? Yeah. What do I do with it? And it was like this thought dialogue, which I believe was just a Holy Spirit download there you go. In, in, into, my, into my mind came to say, um, honor, uh, uh, honor your mom. So the very thing, and we'll come right back to how you have honored her, mm -hmm. her memory, her spirit, her legacy is living on through yeah. your ministry. But so if, if prayer is talking to God, the first prayer, I would say the first on, honest prayer that you had uttered in a long time was the blankety blank, blank. <laughs> and that's that sounds blasphemous, but that's the deal. You were so scared of blasphemy at, at admitting your anger and your problems that you you held it in. And yeah. so everything was incongruent. There was no, it was not honest. It, right. was, it, was, it was this thing that was hidden and God knew your heart and he was just mm -hmm. waiting. He's like, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Exactly. It's like I, I picture the, the kid swinging away and the guy, the big long yeah. arm is on your forehead, you know? Yeah. And then once you're done, are you done swinging it out? And then come on. And then he just grabbed you, yeah. hugged you and said, man, Todd, thank you for being honest. And now let me download yeah. to you. And that's the thing. It was honest. Like I, I, for years, I thought like my prayers had to be like structured. Mm. And, and what I've learned from that moment on, my prayers need nothing more to be honest. <laughs> I mean, God is not, God has just... God and, and, and the idea of Jesus just became so much bigger and my perception mm -hmm. started to change of, yeah. of, of a more, what I consider today to be a more authentic 
um, Jesus so, and and um, yeah. yeah. So it so was, he had helped heal the. Um, Substance abuse, the, mm-hmm. the the medication part, mm-hmm. uh, and then then he uncovered what you were medicating in the first place, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so now he's working at you at a whole. Use that word. You weren't whole at a holistic level, yeah. right? Not H O L Y holy, but W H O L L Y, right? And so he said, "Honor your mom." Yeah. And so M two H was yeah. born. So talk about M- that. M two H was born, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't mm-hmm. born legally yet, but it was yeah. born in thought. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. And it, it was I, I. I'm I'm overweight. I hadn't exercised in a long, long time. And way back when, um, when I was in probably in my twenties, um, I, I I used to see these Ironman events. Mm-hmm this run, bike, swim. And, and I was like, man, I'd, I'd like to do that. And I think I can do it. And I hadn't thought about that since my twenties. Right. Um, and I, out of the blue, this idea to race an Ironman came, came just, I was like, where did that come from? So I'm in this moment with the Holy spirit. And I was like, okay, let's look. I go onto my computer and I look at, at, at all of the, the, the events, Ironman events. And, and mind you, the, the, the hurt and the soreness of losing my mom is still very, very fresh. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for purpose. Sure. And I go onto this website and I see this Ironman event in my hometown of Atlantic City on my mom's birthday of September 15th. And it was right in that moment. And I was like, are you kidding me? Okay, I got to do it. Now, at that time, I had just lost my business. So financially, I was destitute. I was, I had um, a little bit of money left in my account, and the the amount that the amount to sign up for that race um, was five dollars less than I had in my account at the time. (laughs) And I was like, "I'm doing it. I'm doing it." Like I, I I could not um, deny whatever was going on in the in what i believe is that holy spirit which was that energy that was rumbling up that i had never experienced because mm-hmm. i knew it wasn't for me mm-hmm. um i i couldn't deny it and, and i signed up for it i just signed up for it and it was about five i signed up for it in the events in five months and um that night I started again, as I was going through that, I, I was started to say, okay, what do I do with it? And the idea of, of M2H charity, my mother's initials was Margaret Mary Higgins. So M2H kind of came and I just started downloading some ideas. And that's when the thought of M2H came. So you formed a board, you formed a nonprofit, you've got your 501c3 yeah. and, but okay. So which going to benefit some cancer treatment centers as well as Oxford house, right. uh, which, so talk about what Oxford houses across okay. America, what they are, and, and uh, then we'll tell what you just did to benefit them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in order not to confuse the audience, because sure. I, okay. I, this is a, a, an area where I can, after I explain it, they'll be like, well, so what exactly is okay. he doing? Right. So I raced my first Ironman in 2019 this September. Didn't have the charity. It was, charity was a thought. Mm-hmm. There was no mm-hmm. charity official. So I raced that and, and I did that race to honor my mom. Um, so what I did was I teamed up with the cancer center where she was treated okay. um, and did a fundraiser to race that race. And, and I completed that race and we raised some money for the cancer center. And I got to tell you that finish line was the most 
amazing feeling because of the work that I had put in. Yeah. Because I had always been someone that would start well, mm. but the follow through and finish was a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I followed through and I finished and we raised money and I, and I honored my mom. On the way back from that Ironman, um, the idea to honor my brother, because my brother had since passed from alcoholism and for sorry for people who don't know what is an iron man just real quick just, sure just, yeah um so i did there's two types of iron mans mm-hmm. there's a 70.3 and a 140.6 also half or full um i did the 70.3 which is a 1.2 mile swim uh followed up by a 56 mile bike ride and then followed up by a 13 mile run Okay, so that's an Ironman, folks. That's a half Ironman. Yeah. So that'd be a full Ironman for me. <laughs> so, okay, so continue yeah. about your brother. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm on the way home from honoring my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm just, everything's going well. And then um, I'm, I, I got a 23-hour drive home from Atlantic City to Texas. And I was just, no radio, just, you know, <clears throat> pondering life and God yeah. and inviting him in and, I asked them what was next, and it, the idea was honor your brother, go to Florida. Um, so I signed up for a 70.3 race in Florida, um, and I was going to find a way to now kind of replicate what I had just done to honor my mom, to honor my brother. But since I did it just on a 70.3, I kind of had to go a little bit bigger. Sure. Um, so uh, so the idea to race the Ironman in Panama City Beach, Florida, it's another 70.3, um, but felt like I had to go bigger. And as I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, God, what do I do? And, she, and it was just this, the idea in that space and in that time where I believe um, I'm connecting with God, when a thought dialogue starts to happen, I, I usually pay attention to it because mm-hmm. it's usually not of me. Um, and then the idea was to ride your bike around Florida. Um, so I developed, uh, but by this time now we're incorporating M2H, M2H is an official 501c3. I've developed a board of directors, mm-hmm. um, and we developed between myself and the board of directors, um, which, you know, intimately, yeah. um, is, uh, we developed this thing called the M2H endurance challenge 1200. And the idea of that was, is that I was going to go race a 70.3 Ironman. And then four days later, I would leave from Panama City Beach and I would literally ride my bike all the way around the peninsula of Florida up to St. Augustine, where my brother lived. Um, And we were gonna ride 1100, and uh, the idea was to ride 1130 miles in 16 days, 14 days in the saddle with two days rest. So what you did a month ago, yeah, so we did it on. Uh, we we actually <laughs> you completed went it and to did Florida. It. You did a seventy mile Ironman. Yes, seventy point three. <laughs> three. Don't forget the point three. <laughs> yeah. And then four days later, took off on a bike, yes. rain, hail, sleet, or snow, uh-huh. or heat, right? Yeah. Wind. And rode around the peninsula of Florida, yeah. twelve hundred miles. Yeah. Well, so I just the, wanted people to hear that. Yeah. For it, for a fundraising effort through M2H. Yes. To give to the Oxford House. Yeah. Uh, of Florida. Yeah. So so and, and other Oxford houses as well, or just of Florida. This just time? the Oxford House of Florida. Of Florida. Okay. Yeah. So talk about really quickly, and and again, I want to hear maybe another podcast. We're going to come back and talk about the experience on the road. Yeah. Like like. Riding, pitching a tent, and, and doing this thing over over sixteen <laughs> yeah. days. Um, so so, but talk about Oxford houses. What they yeah. do? 
and yeah, why sure. why you raised the money for them. Yeah. So my brother was a resident of Florida, which mm-hmm. is why I wanted to go to Florida. He lived mm-hmm. in St. Augustine. He worked for a restaurant called the Rain Tree Restaurant, mm-hmm. and the the I I have the. I, I cannot tell this story without telling what a the, the owners of the rain tree did for my brother as far as trying to help him re- find recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went way far above and beyond mm-hmm. what any owner would do for mm-hmm. an employee. Um, and, and so as, as I started to put this together, we looked at it and we're like, okay, I want, we, we want it to be able to benefit a, a recovery-related nonprofit that's in Florida. Um, I had a friend at the time who had just moved to Florida to start opening up um, sober living homes with an organization called the Oxford House. And um, I've had some experience with with the Oxford House, not as a resident, um, but through my recovery, helping others that were living in Oxford houses. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that the work that that, that they do is I mean, it's just amazing the model that they follow to invite people from that that have no resources, no resources whatsoever. And they literally offer um, a a roof, um, a a safe recovery environment um, that is... The, the, the model is such that it's all run internally. Um, so people start to recover and then they start to learn how to live with each other and how to, you know, be part of something, part of something that has a purpose. And they learn so many life skills mm-hmm. in, in, in parallel to learning their and, and, and going through their recovery program. Hearing their stories, you, you saw, like you said, <sighs> basic needs, so roof meals, but then it's recovery of the person, of their identity, worth, their value, yes. employment. It's like, I'm, I'm, I mean something, I yeah. belong, I've got a community. Mm-hmm. And to see how many of them turn right around and then start serving the Oxford House. Yeah, I'll I tell you, the, the, anyone that I know that has completed a program of the Oxford House, they when they come out of that program, and, and they don't have to, they can live in Oxford Houses as long as they want. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's no limitations on it or anything along that line. Mm-hmm. But they are some of the most salt of the earth, earth responsible people and they just live well yeah they, they that the best thing i can i can tell you is they go from jails institutions um in many cases or maybe not but they come from addicted and no life skills to living well mm-hmm and and nobody does it as well as the Oxford House, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, as far as that, because Oxford House doesn't give them the recovery. They go get their recovery at you know twelve step meetings and wherever they they go. But it's in they they run in parallel with each other, supplementing and complementing each other. So. You had a heart for in, in the early race for the cancer treatment center mm-hmm. because you lost your mom to cancer. Yes. You lost your brother Scotty. So we talked about him originating in Florida. Yeah. So tell his story really quickly as far as his battle. Yeah. And, um, and, and it was funny, man. My my brother Scott, um, toward the end uh, before he died, 
um, he knew where I was in, in my recovery. And, um, I was with him when I saw him like have recovery for about a year, um, before he, he stopped, you know, working in that environment and started to slip away from that environment and eventually started to, to drink and use again. So he was in Florida and I used to get a call from him probably at least a couple times a week to every two weeks. And one week it would be, eh, man, I'm doing great. I'm mm. going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And I'm not drinking. I'm not doing that. And it could be two days later to two weeks later um, where it's like, oh, I, I, I can't stop. I need help. And like he... Mm -hmm. And I would give him the direction. You go, do this, do that. And man, I had so many, I, I tried everything I could from speaking hard, true love to raising my voice, to just listening, to loving, to doing whatever I could. I mean, I mixed every single part that I mm -hmm. could into our conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and and he, he just, Man, my, my brother Scott had some really deep wounds, just like I did from the loss of my mother, mm -hmm. absentee father. Mm -hmm. um, he had some other wounds that have, he had a lot of crushed dreams. Um, and, and I know that they were just boiling up inside of him so badly. Um, and he just didn't want to face them. Yeah. He yeah. didn't want to, he didn't want to, to, to go and surrender. And he still had, it was like he had too much fight left in him to get recovery. In what year did you lose your brother then? Uh, that was September, 2018. September of 2018. Yeah. And the, um, then the subsequent ministry that's been born out of the pain that he had and that you carry, yeah. um, obviously I've seen the transformation. So making all of the stuff that's happened in our lives, making that pain, putting it, you know, giving it a purpose, putting mm -hmm. it to work, if you will. Um, but so many people jump straight to, I'm not going to waste this hurt and I'm going to make this pain productive, quote unquote, but they've never done the inner healing. Mm -hmm. And so then you're just wearing yourself out. Right. And I've seen this transformation in you, Todd, and you're still doing the work. Oh. You're still in the recovery work in, in your own, right? Yeah. We all are. And, and so, yeah, I always say we're integrated beings, you know, mind, body, spirit. You can't say, hey, man, I'm doing great physically, but I'm a wreck emotionally and spiritually. That just, that's not the Major way it works, wreck. right? <laughs> yeah, or I'm doing great spiritually and emotionally, yeah. but I'm just a, I'm just sick physically. No, that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. And so to see your, you said you were overweight at the time, all yeah. the training, right? For the, the, the nutrition, the training, how many pounds down are you now? Um, I think I was about 190, 195 when I started. Um, and I'm 165 now. 165. Yeah. And I mean, your countenance has changed, skin's clear, you know, yeah. and it's like, but look at all the work that you've done, the baggage that you've unloaded, yeah. literally all the stuff that was bubbling up that you've now given to God. And mm -hmm. then he's continuing now this work of speaking to you when he feels like you start to resurrect the old man. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. We got it. Man, that's the work. And it, it yeah. is the work. And, and the thing about that is, is it, I, I've done a lot of work and this is great to talk about because mm. if it can just raise awareness for someone to be able to see. Yes. But I have to still do the work yeah. because it, it, it's not like the, 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 the 15 year old hurt abandoned kid, he doesn't go away. Yeah. Right? 
And, and it, as a thing, I thought healing meant that that person would have to just be gone away, delete it, right? Yeah. What I've learned how to do was to you, you to recognize that and instead of allowing the hurt and the pain to to drive me down is to uh, take it and harness it and use it as the fuel fuel for, yeah. for the purpose and the charity and for training and for mm -hmm. everything else. So the hurt doesn't go away. Yeah. And, and that's what I think is a, a huge misconception is he, in, in healing is that the hurt has to go away. And that is not been my experience. Mm -hmm. No, we have to harness the hurt, right? And use it as the fuel to fire our purpose. Man. And, and that's what I try to live for every day because yeah. I, I, I don't wake up to go do a 50 mile ride or, you know, a, a two hour run or go swim in a pool and say, man, I can't wait to go to the pool and train my body today. Yeah. No, I, I'm like, oh, man, I got to go knock this out. And, mm -hmm. Right. But what I've learned, a couple things that I've learned is is that in spite of how you feel, go do it. Because even though my mind will try everything it can to not allow, to, to, to try and keep me from, mm -hmm. from that, um, sometimes you, you, you have to just override your mind. Yeah, and just could, because it. I know, mm -hmm. I, I have enough knowledge now to know that's, that, that when my mind wants to tell me something opposite, that I can easily buy into that I can say that is not true. Yeah. And in spite of how I feel and in spite of the fact that I want to believe that, cause that means I can sit down with, with a cup of coffee and not go do something mm -hmm. um, that I know it's not true. And I, it's almost like I start to be able to override my mind Yeah, because yeah. I know my mind's thoughts and patterns because of the work that I've done. And now I go and I do that workout yeah. and I get done and it's like... The euphoria. Well, and that's definitely a skill that you, and a discipline that you've developed that you have yeah, to flex and that muscle and use it. Yeah, so, still developing it. So at the top of the episode, I called you Todd. In the episode yeah. notes, we're going to have your name, Todd Gordon. But if yeah. someone wants to, to find out more uh, 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 information about M2H Charity, sure. so tell them... The site, they may want to, you know, learn more so they can pray and so yeah. give you prayer support, but they may want to support financially. So where do they find uh, Todd Gordon's M2H charity? So uh, they can find it on our website. It's www.m2h charity. Uh, we have a Facebook page at M2H charity, um, or they can get, just send me a direct email. Um, it's Todd.Gordon at m2h charity awesome yeah dude thank you for sharing your story anytime uh, i can man. tell i need to have you back because <laughs> yeah. i want to get into the actual physical 1200 miles around the peninsula yeah. of florida i bet there's uh, some cool stories yeah. to tell there <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this of all the wildlife that i thought i would come up and yeah. close and in person with Gators. in florida a bear was not on the list <laughs> But it was the one. <laughs> okay, good teaser. We're going to come back and talk about the bear. Yeah. Dude, hey, thanks for being here, bud. Thank you, Brian. Keep Thank riding. You. Thank you, bud. I certainly am. So I hope you've enjoyed our conversations. Remember to like, share, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And if you ever want to talk to someone in the healing place, 
We're here for you. Please pick up the phone and call, email, or find us on crosstimberschurch.org, The Healing Place, or find us on our Facebook page, The Healing Place Group.